What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Self-Helpless Podcast. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Delaney Fisher. And today we're going to be doing an episode talking about if Delaney and I are having a quarter-life crisis. <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. The answer, you're the answer is yes. <laughs> I am currently wearing a headband with pearls on it in case you needed to uh, answer that for yourself. Never done it before? Why not try, right? Why not start today? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to tell you when the recording started that I love your headband. You look so cute in a headband. Thank you so much. Got my pearl headband, got my shirt, no bra on, and got my PJ shorts, no panties on. So I feel like, I mean, yeah, this is quarter life crisis energy that I'm bringing to the table for this episode. Yeah. But I will say for you, that is kind of your baseline. Like that's... I know. I'm like, is it possible to be born into a quarter life crisis and it lasts your entire <laughs> life? Yeah, you're kind of you're kind of the mascot for quarter life crisis in terms of like those sort of like fashion choices and you know if you've listened for a while you know that Delaney and I took some some walks in the pandemic when she would have a massive hole in the ass of her pants and uh, you know we got a lot of looks we got a lot of looks yes I have been known to wear blankets as clothing oh my uh, god when I'm going on a stroll around the neighborhood because because I can. You know, that's true. <laughs> Somebody gonna tell me not to do that? Pfft. Fuck out of here. Who's gonna tell me? Who's gonna come up to me and tell me no? Not a damn person. Oh, um, I love it. Well, I'm so excited about this episode. I had never actually looked into quarter life crisis as like you know a real term. I thought it was just kind of like a throwaway, kind of you know silly thing that we all say. Right. But when I looked at the bullet points, I was like, oh shit, this is really fascinating that it can last from like 
you know, your maybe early 20s to like mid 30s. Yes, that was what was interesting for me too. So um, when I was starting to feel this way a few weeks ago, I called one of my best friends and was like, hey, like, I'm kind of feeling weird. Do you feel like you've felt this sort of thing? And she started to laugh. And she's like, I'm laughing because I literally the last three days have just been Googling, how do you know if you're having a quarter life crisis? Like she was also on the exact same page. And when I was looking into it, you're right. It says that it can last all the way up. Like people can experience it from their early 20s to mid 30s. And I was like, oh, okay, this, this feels... Like, it is what's happening for me. That is so weird. It's so interesting because I feel like the way I feel now today, the way that I did in my kind of early 20s, I feel like in a lot of ways, I'm kind of starting from scratch in a lot of ways. I don't know what the next step is, really. I'm trying things again to try to gain clarity and figure it out. I was like, I thought I was over this shit. I thought I did all that and I was done. I paid my dues in my 20s and the 30s, I'm just supposed to, you know, roll through like no big deal no absolutely not oh i i could not not feel that more i mean i definitely went through a quarter life crisis in my freshman year of college and some of the feelings i'm having right now identical it's and i would have never thought i would have never thought i would feel that way again also shout out to our former co-host slash recurring guest taylor tomlinson and her amazing special on netflix called quarter life crisis Yes. Yeah. So if uh, if what we talk about today in this episode resonates with you, we know for sure that her special will resonate with you guys too. So uh, check it out. Yes. And this episode is coming out on October 30th, which means that I've got a handful of dates left for the rest of the year before next year's tour kicks off. So in November, I'm going to be, well, this weekend, Grand Rapids, Michigan at Dr. Grin's Comedy Club. Then I'm going to be in D.C., Nashville, Huntsville, Atlanta, Boston, and Tampa. So KelseyCook.com is where you can get all of my tour date tickets. Fabulous. And if you want to head over to uh, DelaneyFisher.com, you can get access to my free private podcast called Career Crush, where we talk about quarter life crisis stuff, you know, a lot. Uh, Different career pivots, lifestyle changes. You want to sell all of your shit and live in a van. We talk about that, too. Um, (laughs) It's just it's just all of it. You know, art projects, how to make money doing something that you love, how to do things that are meaningful to you, all of that. And uh, honestly, what I like to do is just interview people who are doing stuff that I've considered at one point in my life. And I love it. I get to ask them. I'm like, (laughs) I get to ask them all the questions that I've always had about that career path, that lifestyle, whatever. And so if you just want to tune into that, I'm I'm asking from genuine curiosity and I'm learning so much. And then, um, yeah, so it's just been really fun. And I'm just going to, yeah, I'll probably just keep doing it indefinitely because it just brings me so much joy. So yeah, uh, DelaneyFisher.com. I also share a lot of like cool media and career opportunities. We'll probably end up doing some uh, special events coming up, virtual events where you can meet other people. Uh, but yeah, it's really kind of turning into this like kind of cool global community of creatives and stuff. I'm really yeah. loving it. So That's yeah. Awesome. Would love to have you. I was going to ask you, is there anybody who you've interviewed so far that when you ask about their career, you yeah. think oh, maybe that's what I should have done? Or have there been ones where you're like, fuck, what a bullet dodged. I would have hated that. Oh, what a great question, dude. Honestly, 
everybody seems to have a little that's why i call it career crush everybody has a little sliver of something that i have i have a crush on right like i interviewed an author who like lives out of airbnbs and just travels and writes and i'm like ooh, that little bit of like me that would like to travel a little bit or live kind of nomadically Mm -hmm. i'm like i've always wanted to like live like a nomad that sounds really cool you know would i would i be writing what they are writing no you know but it's like little bits and pieces and then there's stuff like i interviewed um cam's sister olivia who's a professional yachty kind of like that show below deck and she's got some very cool parts of her job but like the day-to-day i was like oh i could not hang i could not do that so (laughs) it's really interesting but i think it's giving people some insight about like yeah what they might be interested in or yeah just honestly it's like there are so many options that we forget and having those reminders I've really I've really enjoyed it for myself so I love it it's been fun I feel like um the youth could really benefit from your podcast like you know what I mean like high school college freshmen yeah I as far as I know at least when I was in high school it was so cookie cutter of like you can be a fucking doctor or a lawyer <laughs> and it's like, yes they just don't really encourage those those off the beaten path careers absolutely i actually got an email the other day too from a 72 year old man who's really loving the podcast and it's giving <gasps> him ideas so i'm like oh yes you're right like the 18 to 20 somethings and then we got you know people are kind of in yeah quarter life midlife crisis yeah. or you don't even have to be in a crisis but it's just it gets some creative juices going and hearing from people who are doing it and the, the hurdles they've overcome i've just yeah i i'm just loving it for my own personal tool to be honest i'm yeah. like what do i want to oh i want to learn about this today i'm going to interview this person and then i just ask them it's like a it's like i'm getting a free consultation from an expert in that thing and oh my gosh it's so helpful that's great so helpful but yeah anyway um we got some quotes for this episode yeah we we do do, baby we've got some (laughs) okay so i found one this definitely is how i feel currently about my quarter life crisis situation okay um this is an alan watts quote it says the menu is not the meal kind of referring to the way that you know 20 something 30 somethings wherever you are having a kind of a crisis moment um you're kind of like obsessing over the the life plan um Mm. of what you could do or all the options instead of actually living your life um instead of just ordering the thing on the menu and trying it to see if you like it so you can either keep ordering it or move on um this is exactly how i feel because i know that when i get in these moments of indecision or feeling there's too many options too many paths i know that logically I don't actually want to do everything. I don't actually love everything. I Mm -hmm. just haven't been able to try everything yet. And so once I'm able to try stuff, it becomes a lot clearer of like, I don't like that. Let's move on. I'm glad I can take that off the box. And, you know, the path gets more narrow in a good way. Um, But when you haven't been able to try everything, you really think that you have all of these different millions of paths you can go down. Yeah. And it's really e- exhausting mentally. Um, but yeah, yeah, once once you get a little information, I like to do kind of one-off experiments. I like to talk to people who are doing it. That's why, I mean, that's why the podcast is so helpful for me. Yeah. Um, 
because once I can like talk to somebody who's doing it, I can try to like plug it into my own lifestyle, uh, you know, wants and personality and be like, oh, I wonder if I'd be a good fit, you know? Yeah. Um, or like try something as like a one-off kind of experiment. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I think people talk a lot about that feeling with um, settling down romantically too, that oh, we have yeah. been so like – Back in back in the olden days, it's like you only knew the people in your neighborhood, <laughs> or right, like, right. You know what I mean, or like the person right. you could meet at the local market or something. And now, yeah, with the internet, it's this. It's so overwhelming, and I think a lot of people have those moments of like, "Well, fuck how how am I supposed to pick when there's a billion options." And oh, yeah, I, I definitely felt that feeling of overwhelm in my 20s. It was a little like, oh, my God, this is, this seems so daunting. Yes. And with yeah. dating, because I, I was doing that, too. It's like when you keep starting fresh with somebody, you never get to like the good parts of like the really deep parts of a relationship. You're like, oh, maybe it's better over here. Maybe I'll be a better fit for mm-hmm. somebody like this. And then you keep dancing around. And that's the same thing for a career path or friendships or whatever. It's like you just keep bouncing to what you think might be a better fit. And yes. then you don't get to experience like the deep connection or satisfaction that only, you know, years into something you can have. Yeah. Yes, I, uh, I could write. Yeah, so, so interesting. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. So um, your quote, I love, and is perfect for you. The yeah. one that I found is by good old Brene Brown, who we just nice. love so much. And this one is, re- this is referring to a midlife crisis, but I think okay. that the feelings people have at a midlife crisis and a quarter-life crisis are not that dissimilar. Right. So <clears throat> people may call what happens at midlife a crisis, but it's not. It's an unraveling, a time when you feel a desperate pull to live the life you want to live, not the one you're supposed to live. Mm-hmm. The unraveling is a time when you are challenged by the universe to let go of who you think you're supposed to be and to embrace who you are. Love it. Yes. Brene. Yes. Brene bringing the goddamn heat. Like yeah, she always absolutely. Does. So yeah, good. Yeah. So I feel like uh, whether it's a quarter life crisis or midlife crisis, that is a big part of it is like that you're coming to a place where you're like, oh, I'm really in my life now. Mm-hmm. And 
sometimes it's not what you pictured it would be. Right. Even if it's great, there's still times where you're like, I just don't recognize my life. Right. So. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, logically that when you're feeling discomfort, you are usually on the brink of something really great that's going to change your life. But when you're experiencing a discomfort, it feels like, is this going to be how I feel forever? Is this yes. what it's just going to be like indefinitely? And I'm not going to overcome this one like I have the others. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. The- I, yeah. Oh, go oh. ahead, Kels. Oh, no. I, I was just going to say, um, I, I was going to get into when I Googled, Am I having a quarter life crisis or like what yes. does a quarter life crisis look like? Some of the, this is from a Forbes article. It starts with, have you been asking yourself these kinds of questions? What am I doing with my life? Is this what the rest of my life is going to look like? What's the point of everything? Have you been considering quitting your job, selling all of your possessions and moving to another country? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you feel unsatisfied in your life and feel stuck and unsure of how you'll find your way out? If so, you may be going through a quarter-life crisis, you know, blah, 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 mm-hmm. all this stuff. So, um, yeah. how? So how did this – when I asked you if you wanted to record an episode on this topic, yeah, what was the first thing that stood out to you and, and how you might be feeling that way? Well, at first I looked into it and seeing, like, you know, the symptoms of, like, your quarter-life crisis of, like, having difficulty making decisions, you're struggling to figure out what's missing, you lack motivation, you're struggling with fatigue, stress, anxiety, depression, all of that. Um, I'm like, oh, this is so interesting. I thought this was just kind of, like, you know, something that you experience in your 20s. And then, yeah, there's there's a midlife crisis at some point. Because maybe you realize you're closer to death than birth. And, and you're like, oh, oh shit. Mm-hmm. How, do I, how do I squeeze the last juices out of these, you know, whatever, the last decades I have? Um, so I immediately resonated with it. And um, I think, you know, you and I were talking about this recently is like, um, if you think of like your life in having different categories and stuff like that, I feel like I've, I've lived an, enough life now to realize that, I don't know, when I feel like I've figured out kind of one category, like one category is kind of going well or a couple at the same time, like, oh, you know, career and relationship, that's really going strong, but my health needs some work, right? And then I get my health on track and I'm like, oh, now my relationship needs some work and my career's feeling weird, right? It's like, it's, I think it's just one of those things where I think I, yeah, I'm old enough to realize that there's so many ebbs and flows of intense feelings, high highs and low lows and things in the middle. And it's made me a little bit more um, state like balanced, I guess, in how I react to things. I don't know if that makes sense. So like if something's really shitty, that sucks. And, but I also know like, okay, there's going to be an upswing at some point. And then when there's like a really exciting thing happening, I'm like, okay, this is nice, but I'm not going to get too excited because there's going to be a downswing at some point. I think I'm like managing my expectations differently because I understand how my life has worked a little bit more. Yeah. Is that making sense? Yeah. You're kind of zoomed out. Yes. And now like if if there is a moment or a day or a week where all my life categories are feeling really awesome, right? Relationship, health, career, fun, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you really need to savor this moment because this is very rare that everything feels like it's going pretty well. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. What about you, Kels? Yeah. Well, first of all, I, uh, I 
relate to that so much. I think with everything that's happened with my mom in the last few years, you know, I have experienced uh, new lows in my life where it does put things into perspective and the times where I've almost lost my mom the last few years, it's like, it, it just puts things into such a different perspective than they've ever been in before. So now when my mom is stable and everything else in my life is going well, I really yeah. like try to dig into that moment and be like, okay, appreciate this because I know now what it feels like for things to actually be wrong. Like before my mom got sick, yeah. I would, of course there were like, I went through hard times and there were bad days, but the times where you almost lose a parent, you're like, oh, that's what, like, that's what darkness is. Like that's right. when you, it, it just, you're, you have a new range of emotion. And I think a lot of parents talk about that where they're like, they have a baby and they're like, I didn't know I was capable of loving so much until the right. baby, like it gives you a new range of love. And I right. think the same is true with like, you know, birth and disease and sickness and stuff like that. You, you yeah. realize you um, have a different capacity for things. So um, anyway, yes, I've, I've, have become way more present. I feel like my quarter life crisis stuff has come up because I moved to Minnesota at the beginning of this year, which is a really huge thing to do. I moved to a a part of the country to a state that I've never lived in before at all. I think I had visited here, like I'd visited Minneapolis once (laughs) before moving here. Um, I'd visited Minnesota like two times or something like that to see Chad when he lived in um, the city he's from here. And I I don't know anybody else here besides Chad. And, uh, you know, we just bought our dream house together and things in my career have been going really well. But I've been having these really scary, panicky feelings the past few weeks of like, a lot of feeling lonely because mm. I don't recognize my life. Like being in a new state, being in a new house after I had just kind of gotten used to the, the place we had moved to. Right. And um, I've always looked at the people in my life as I think of the, you can look at people in your life as reflecting mirrors because if you have longtime friends family members, I think when you're around those people, they kind of reflect back to you who you are. Like the way you interact with them, maybe you've got like a lot of inside jokes or you're reminiscing about fun times together. And so it's kind of like constantly sending back to you messages of like, oh yeah, this is, this is who I am. And when you lose all of that, you start to be like, I don't like, nothing feels familiar and that's such a panicky feeling of like oh am I gonna feel like this forever now because I don't have anybody else here that I know oh it's so interesting and it's like yeah that that makes total sense and then on my end like I feel like if we're talking about categories right like if the friendship category is tough for you because you don't have any of your friends living near you Mm -hmm. and all that and that's a hard one it's like okay my friendship category is solid you know where I'm at but like 
my career and relationships needing some help, you yeah. know, <laughs> like, and I'm like, oh, what, you know, it's just weird how even when you talk about, uh, talk with your friends, like they could be experiencing uh, really high highs in certain categories and lows mm-hmm. and other ones. And you might have the opposite highs and lows. And then yeah. sometimes you might be feeling kind of the same highs in the same category, you know? It's so fucking weird how yeah. it's it's like as soon as like, oh my gosh, now my health feels like and it's in, in a good spot. I've really got a handle on that as far as um, just, you know, really working on some, some like, you know, not so great uh, habits and patterns mm-hmm. I had. Um, and... And now it's like, oh, great, that went up. And now I'm like feeling weird. And it feels like when more than one kind of life category is not really going as well as you want or the way that you thought it would go or whatever, it feels like a pylon effect. You know, it's like, okay, with one category kind of shoddy, let me just troubleshoot that one. But when there's like more than one going on and you feel really spread thin through trying to figure out all these different ones, it's uh it's very exhausting and for me it just feels like it's an added blanket of shit because <laughs> i already feel like i don't fit in on the planet very well mm. like i i already feel like I was tell I I've told Cam this before. I was like, I feel like I'm somebody who was either born a hundred years too early or a hundred years too late. Like Whoa. I either I I feel like I should have been living when we had it was like simpler times of like you know, you're, you're hanging towels on the prairie to dry them out and you're walking around, right? Like Mm -hmm. collecting berries for your food and stuff. And, or a hundred years from now where we have figured out, we have solved more of the problems that we really have today. And so when you feel like you're already kind of out of place or you don't really, uh, I don't know, feel like you fit in with like the modern societal norms. Then when things are going not so great and then it feels like, oh, see, I was right. Like none of this stuff is meant for me. You know what I mean? Like I should really truly sell all my shit and live in a van. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like I, (laughs) I read an article the other day of a guy who like lives in the mountains somewhere. He is just completely renounced like money, all these things. Like he just doesn't use any of it. He's living off the grid. And that's just his life. And I'm like, wow, I resonate more with that guy than I do any kind of person in modern in the modern really? world. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, yeah, like if I didn't have um, if I didn't have like a husband and a more conventional day to day, like two dot whatever. Yeah. Um, I was just a, by myself single or whatever. Um, I would probably not be living as conventionally as I live. Like I would probably be living more nomadically. Wow. Um, and so for me, every day feels like a struggle or like I'm torn between two different parts of myself. And like, basically, do I play the game of society mm. or do I opt out? What's the happy medium? Because I can't really go to one extreme or another. Interesting. I wish that <laughs> it's we very could, weird. <laughs> I wish that we could have the ability to do live chat as we were recording, because I would be so curious to know how many of our listeners feel the way you do. Yeah. Because I haven't experienced that feeling before. I mean, I have a lot of, I I reminisce a lot about times before um, social media. Yeah. Where like, I just wish a lot of the time that it didn't exist or or at least that I didn't have to do it for my work. I look at my friends who, you know, just have like regular jobs and have like, 200 followers 
that are just like their close family and friends and they just like post pictures of their kids. And I'm like, that's, it's so interesting to see that like social media does not consume their life because they don't have to use it for work. So I, I love the idea of like a simpler time in that way, but yeah, Yeah. I, I'm sorry you feel that way because I would imagine that feels lonely even when you've got other people around or just a feeling of like other people might not connect to that. Yeah, it is weird. And it's so funny because I um, actually I was talking to my friend Courtney the other day and I was like, do you ever just feel like you just want to move to the middle of nowhere and live in a hut and like kind of off grid living? She's like, yes. Oh, my God. All the time. Really? I was like, okay, thank God. Thank God. I got one person at least who <laughs> understands yeah. it. Um, but you know, it's interesting because, because I do so many deep dives into, is anybody else feeling like this? What are the resources out there? And a big reason why I'm going to be interviewing a lot of people who are living nomadically and have done this stuff. Um, there's, I mean, people are doing this by the thousands or millions maybe at this point, like it is becoming a huge movement of people being like our modern, like work system all this stuff is fucked it's broken it does not enable like um a great work-life balance it's you know whatever we maybe feel like they're stuck in meaningless jobs whatever and they are trying to figure out how they can like um you know really really decrease their overhead so they can have more time freedom and financial freedom and stuff like that so i know people are doing it but i'm like oh that would be nice to be able to do but you know i have like a husband who has a job here in the location that we live in. And, you know, obviously my family, my friends are here, like I'd miss them, but there's a big part of me that's like, how can I have a happy medium Mm -hmm. where maybe I go away for a few months on my own and then I come back to my life, you know what I mean? So, but yeah, please write in or or (laughs) leave an iTunes review or something if you do feel this way or if you have any resources about it, because um, I would love to know about that stuff and talk to more people who are doing things like that. Yeah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm curious if you have felt any of these feelings too, where I think a lot of us get to be around this age, you know, mid thirties. And even if you do live in a place where you have your friends or, you know, in particular friends that you've had in your life for a long time, some people are having kids, starting families. Some people aren't. And I think when you become friends and you're young, everybody's kind of on the same page. Everybody's living the same life. You're waking up, you're going to school, you're doing after school activities, you're going to the movie, whatever the fuck. Like, but everybody's kind of on the same page. Then as you get older and you are choosing your career paths and where you're going to live and if you're going to have kids, 
those things really change what people's lives look like. And yeah, uh, I had two of my best friends come stay with me over the weekend. They visited me. They both flew in from Washington. It was so incredible to have them here. And we've been friends for over 25 years now. And they both have young kids. And I have, um, I mean, they're so like, they never make me feel like ostracized for not having kids. Like they, um, they're so inclusive. You know what I mean? They, it's never, I don't feel like our friendship has even once become like, oh, now all we talk about is um, like motherhood and kids. I, a lot of times I'm like, oh man, I hope they feel like they can talk to me more about it. Like, even if I can't relate, I am happy to just like listen and, and sympathize with uh, any hard times with parenting. But I have felt, I have felt insecure in, in those friendships at times, because I'm like, what if they look at me as somebody who hasn't had kids, who doesn't go through the struggles that they go through having young kids Mm -hmm. and just like, I wonder if they feel disconnected from me or any mm-hmm. sense of growing apart. And that makes me so sad. Like I, I just am wondering if other people are going through that feeling of like, even if you have great friends, but you're just living such different lives now, if you feel right. like, like it's scary to think about, man, what if, what if we can't relate in certain ways and what if we grow apart? Oh, yeah, I think that's totally normal to like have those feelings and all of that. I also yeah. think of it from an outsider hearing what you just said is like you said you you have these couple friends that you've known for 25 plus years. You are the only friends that have that thing in common, right? Like they, they mm. might have pl- plenty of like mom friends who know what that experience is like. Yeah. But you guys share that really unique thing. And I would say like even just the way that like you can talk to other comedians about work the way that you can't talk to somebody who maybe is a lawyer about your day to day life. Right. Right. It's like so, you know, you 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 have maybe people that understand what you're going through on a really, really deep level in like a certain category of your life, yeah. if you will. But, you know, I but luckily we are all more than just one thing and we yeah. can connect on more than just one thing. So I think I think your relationships will continue to flourish, even if there's yeah. some different lifestyle things happening, you know. Thanks. Yeah. Have you felt that at all with any of your friends who are having kids versus, I know you just did an episode that came out, um, what came out this week, but it came out a while ago by the time this comes out where you had three of your friends who were moms of newborns. Yes. You know, what's so fun right after we recorded that episode that weekend or the next weekend, they ate, they all uh, came over to my place and we had a little like tea party with the babies and we ate lunch and all that. And it was so nice. I mean, like, it's it's just my friends who have a kid. You know, it's just like we're yeah. still talking as friends, but they have babies and yeah. the babies are there too. And that, that's cute, you know? Yeah. Um. So I think, um, and I, you know, they're still having like get togethers and, you know, inviting. I still get invites to the parties and the babies are just part of the party now, yeah. you know? So I haven't felt a huge like disconnect or anything like that. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm sure there'll be periods of time where, yeah, like, we can't relate to certain things happening in each other's lives, but um, no, I haven't. I haven't felt anything too too yeah. big yeah. in that department. Yeah. What did you like? What did high school you or early twenties you picture that your life would be like right now? 
And is it close to that or not close to that? And do you feel like that gives you those quarter life crisis feelings? It's so funny. Well, this is a big part of like, um, when I, okay, so early 20s, I mean, I thought I was going to be a stand-up comedian, you know? Yeah. I really, those those first couple of years, I was like, cool, I found it, cracked the code of what I want to do with my life, awesome, I'm going to live on the road, I'm going to be a performer, and done. Um, and so I had no interest in getting married, I was just, yeah, that was it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this is an easy decision, right? Yeah. So I would say, obviously, my feelings changed over time the longer I was in that world. Um and now, yeah, I mean, it looks pretty different. I, I live in, I mean, I work from home. Um, I do not travel for a living. I'm married, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm not a performer really in any capacity anymore. Yeah. Um, so polar opposite to what I thought at 21, uh, my life would look like. Wow. Um, but I even remember like early on, actually, we went to, we, we met each other at a comedy festival. Yes. Um, for the first time, right? <laughs> yes, I, in Idaho. And um, I think I remember I, it more clearly than you do. You, <laughs> you do. Drunk you during do. the day. I was pretty <laughs> hammered. Uh, day drinking in the hot tub. Um, but Ooh. I mean, I was, I was, I don't know, three years, four years into stand up at that time. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and I already knew, like, okay, I got to figure something out soon of like, this is fun to do for like a weekend with my friends, Mm -hmm. but I don't know what I want to do with my career. Like this is Mm. really scary. And when I got home from that festival, one of the employees at that club contacted me saying, Hey, the booker really liked you and they're waiting for your submission to like give you a date, some dates or whatever for a weekend. And I was like, Oh God, like instead of making it, making me feel really excited, Mm. I was like, Oh, thank you, but like I just uh, that's just not my goal. I'm you know, I don't have any interest in in doing that, but thank you. And I'm like, fuck. If this is a lot of the main reason why people do this, what the fuck am I going to do? Right? You know? Like how do I how do I uh figure this out? So, it was a even then the thinking that I knew what I wanted to do did not last very long. Mm, yeah. It was very quickly like, uh-oh, I I got to figure out something different. So I don't know. What about you, Kels? Uh, I mean, you've been, how long have you been doing stand-up now? This is my 14th year. 14th year. So wait, how old were you when you started? 20. Okay. So at 20, did you know like, yep, I'm doing this for the rest of my life? Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I think the way that I fell in love with stand-up was so, it, it just felt so definite to me. And it, we, you know, we talk a lot on the show about those sort of sort of woo-woo things of the universe giving you signs of like this is what you're supposed to do and yeah um when I made that change from thinking I was going to be a high school math teacher and like switched my major from math to communications and broadcast production and all that it was like everything doing my first open mic I all of a sudden got these scholarships to like go be in LA for the summer I mean, it, it just felt like every single thing I did, like I was Mario Kart, when like he hits a star and it's like, bing, 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 yeah. like it just felt like everything was going so fast and so easy. And um, I couldn't picture doing anything else at that point. So yeah, I think it just at that point was like, I don't fully know how people do this full time, but I'm just going to keep doing it until I 
keep getting closer and closer to that. And then, you know, and it happened years later, but it's, I know when we have these conversations about career stuff, it makes me stop and be grateful that I haven't changed my mind on what I want to do because I know that that is something that feels frustrating for you of like, why can't I just like feel certain about this? But I also know like so many people feel the way you do. Yeah. It's, it's very, I mean, I'm sure there's like pros and cons to every option. Right. But like it, it, uh, I go through periods of time where it's like, okay, this feels more frustrating than exciting. And then I go through other periods where like, this feels more exciting than frustrating. Yeah. Um, but I'm in a, this feels more frustrating period right mm-hmm. now because yeah. I would love to have known at 20, like this is what I'm doing and not wavered and be 14 years into something, yeah. right? Like that there is a certain level of expertise and um, mastery that can only come with sticking with something for a long period of time. And so uh, me switching gears, although my my pivots have felt very organic, like I'm building onto what I was doing, you know, they don't feel completely out of nowhere. Um, But it just feels like I'm kind of starting over like every couple years and I'm like I get tired of it but it's also it's also really enriched my life in a lot of ways too so I know I just like can't I just can't help how I feel I can't help that like yeah well every like five five years or so you're ready for like a pretty significant change in a new direction and like maybe I just have to really just accept that more about myself and prepare myself for that um, yeah, and it's a, been a big lesson for me in the way that I operate is really being ultra aware about the impermanence of everything, mm-hmm. especially my interests and my likes and, you know, all that kind of stuff and what I think I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, that's been very helpful. You know, it's not like, um, the way that I feel now, it's not like, okay, you go to, let's say that you go to college for four years. You know that with the, it's four years of yeah. school, right? Like, you know, okay, when it's your senior year, you know, you got yeah. whatever, 12 months to do the things, right? What I've realized it's weird <laughs> after stuff like that is I don't know when things are ending. Mm. So when things are really great, you know, really appreciate it and have a lot of gratitude for it. And it, very quickly turns into something else you know it's like we that that impermanence feels so uh different yeah to me now at this age where it could even just be like you know you mentioned you gave taylor a shout out for her special it's like taylor was our co-host for i don't know how how long right and just never thought like oh what would be we don't have like a specific end date in mind where we're all gonna you know leave the show right and it's like oh yeah you part of me wishes that i would know i could know when certain things how long certain things would last so i could really soak it up and enjoy it and prepare for what's next but you can't when you don't have like a timeline for things. So I'm just like, oh, how long am I going to live in this neighborhood that I love so much? I really try to be grateful for it because it could be, I don't know, could be a change at some point, you know, stuff like that. God, yeah, that's a fantastic point. There is something really heightened and I think it does make you be very present when you know it's the end of something. Yes. Um, Our decision to move 
into this house and by this house was really sudden which I've learned is like yeah. that's kind of how it works with buying a house it's like if you want it you have to jump on it and then it moves very quickly so we had gone from thinking we were going to stay in that townhouse for probably like another year to leaving within a month and I was so excited to get into this house but you know life isn't black and white I I really loved so many things about the neighborhood we used to live in and the townhouse and so yeah I was like yeah on a walk with our dog yesterday just like trying to really soak in okay this is the last time I am walking our dog in this neighborhood as a resident of this neighborhood like I know I could drive over here and take him on a walk but like I don't think I'm going to do that very often and uh yeah, you're so right. I wonder if there's a way we can like trick ourselves into making things feel like they're about to end, even though they're not, yeah. but just like, yeah. do you ever feel like you could do that with just each year where you're like, okay, this year is coming to an end. Like, what can I, what can I really squeeze the juice out of right now to feel like, okay, this is it. Yeah, I'm sure. I think I've more, I try to make it like a daily or weekly thing mm. where it's like, if I notice that Cam and I have been talking about walking to a certain restaurant in our neighborhood for a while, I'll be like, let's actually make it Saturday, right? Like, let's, right. let's not let's not put it off, because um, yeah, with all the different pivots and things that can happen, I'm just like, I don't, I just don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not naive to the fact that I feel like I was, yeah, I was pretty naive when I was younger, not really understanding the impermanence of things. Like, I really didn't know that. I would quit stand up after six and a half years. I just hit a wall and I was like, I'm done. Tomorrow's my last show and I'm done. And instead, if I knew like, hey, you're going to live this life for six and a half years, really make the most of it. Mm. Do, you know, enjoy some weird stuff. Right. But I, for me, when I hit a wall, I'm done. And so Mm. it's hard to soak things up when you're in the mindset of like, I'm totally ready for something else. There's no question. And I just want to get out of this as quickly as possible. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm like grappling with, you know, Um, there is a a company that went out of business recently and a lot of people have shared that like, you know, they had finally gotten their dream job in this company and then it was taken away very quickly. So it's like, could you, you know, like you think, Oh. oh my God, I finally, I cracked the code figured out what I'm supposed to do. I'm now making good money, doing the thing that I love. And now, boom, gone, right? So it's just like, you just don't know. And I think that's, it can be exciting, but scary, you know, at the same time. Yeah. Do you think you're still going to buy one of those life calendars where it's a dot for each week that you think? Yes, we need to do that. Are you going to buy one? I'm scared. (laughs) I'm afraid of like weird feng shui juju about predicting I don't know. I'm. I sound like such a fucking crazy person. But it's like, I feel. (laughs) I'm gonna be real vulnerable for a second. This is. I sound so superstitious, but I think if you have a life calendar and you're like, I think I'm gonna be live to be whatever, whatever age. Right. I'm afraid that the universe is gonna be like, fuck you. You don't get to decide. And then what if I? (laughs) What if I'm gone? I don't know. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what these look like yet. I have to look into it. I wrote it in my notes and I never did, but what can I just like make a board for my office with a bunch of little dots and see how I feel about that. Yeah. But I would like, I would make it to like 110 years old just to not jinx myself. You know what I mean? Oh. So that probably doesn't help. <laughs> 
because then you you definitely are planning things with more time than you actually have. See, this is what I mean. I, okay, this makes me feel better because I don't know. In the words of Michael Scott, I am not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. <laughs> I just feel like yeah. I am afraid to jinx something. I don't know. Do you think um, – do you think that – okay – Obviously, humans are living a lot longer these days than they used to. Yeah. You, you know, human beings used to die pretty young. Right. And it was really just focused on survival. Everything that they did was like, okay, collect food, build, make yeah. sure your hut is dry, whatever. We're good. And now we're living longer and our life is more about how to th- – I mean, yes, there's survival modes and a lot of that. But humans now have this capacity to focus on how to thrive instead of merely survive mm. and try to figure out where, you know – the shelter and food is I know not, not everybody's in that situation obviously but I'm just saying in yeah. general and so do you feel like we just have it, it's like we just have more time and more things to like worry about and overthink and drive ourselves yeah. kind of nutty about like how do you feel about that concept you're always really good at bringing it back to like caveman times I mean yeah. like, how does this relate to now yeah I think that's so fascinating that could totally be part of it is like we biologically don't know how to just like enjoy ourselves to just like do you know what I mean it's yeah I do feel like there's something in my brain that no matter how comfortably I'm living you're like like you're just like trying to make sure you continue to live that way or is this going okay what's this it's like it's so hard to just relax and enjoy time yes exactly and like we're i don't know however many hundreds or thousands of years i i don't know that part but like we probably haven't been doing the whole enjoying time very long yeah so we're like new to it as a species and now we're like oh great we're the guinea pig we're the guinea pig kind of generation of how to try to enjoy our our life, uh, even yeah. though we're, you know, riddled with worry and anxiety and depression. Yeah. And um, I don't know, have, have, has your feelings or the way that you think or how often that you think about like death, has that changed at all during times of when you feel like quarter life crisis mode? Yes. Or in general? Um. I don't know if it's like specifically about quarter life stuff. Um, I know I've mentioned my mom a couple times on this episode. I don't mean to like have that be the only thing I talk about. I just, no, it, it's just taught fine. me so many lessons. It just feels pertinent to a lot of things. But, um, yeah. you know, I still need to go get that genetic testing done to see if I have mm. the same mutated gene for frontotemporal dementia. But I certainly. I think we all kind of selfishly assume that we we hope to live a, a good, long, healthy life, right? And I think we right. hope and assume the same for our parents. So when that's not happening the way you planned, I think it's easy for that to be reflected on your life and go like, okay, so w- what if this is what happens for me? I know Taylor has um, talked a lot about losing her mom so young to cancer and that yeah. that really fueled her in a lot of ways in her career because there's been this fear of like what if that is also my life mm-hmm. um I think when your parents don't live the lifespan that you expect them to do to do then it it does really inform 
how you look at things. So I, I know that that's been a change in my relationship to like death and all that stuff and uh, just trying to be really grateful and present. Yeah. Do you ever feel like I get this feeling of um, I mean, all the questions of just like existential crisis, you know, like, what the fuck are we doing here? What is this place? What happens after? Like, yeah. what is the meaning of all this? This is so weird that we don't know. Yeah. None of us knows exactly. That is the weirdest thing. We seem to know a lot about other stuff, but not that. And sometimes I, this is, I, I hope this doesn't really depress somebody, but sometimes I feel like I'm just kind of waiting around till I die, you know, yeah. where I'm like, okay, I know that I'm doing stuff I love. I know that this is great. And then, you know, there's going to be hard times, but like, sometimes it's just like, oh my gosh, this is where all this is heading. Like, th- what am I supposed to do with this information? Like, don't you feel like humans are just like, we are we are an animal that knows that we could die at any moment and it and now now it's like okay now now try to go uh put a suit and tie on and and get a job (laughs) like have fun with that you could die at any second but you know make sure you cook dinner for all the kids like it just doesn't it does not make sense to me like how people don't have a lot of anxiety and depression i don't understand because i'm like that's just seems to be the human experience of just we know this about we know this about life yeah, that's one of those ones that will make me spiral if I think about it for too long. Right. Where it's like, you know, it will end at some point. Right. And so then it does feel like this is so weird. This is so weird that you just like experience things until you, until you die. Yeah. Like it's very, it's just overwhelming. It's hard for me to even articulate it, but you were, you were saying it very well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I grapple with a lot of these. Yeah. My existential crisis and quarter life crisis are melded together to make one very sad statue. Um, <laughs> are there, is there anything that helps you during, what has been helping you during times of this feel, these feelings? Um, I have been trying to make some action plans. I'm, okay. a, I'm a real big believer in it's important to feel your feelings and to like have those moments and talk to the people that you want to talk to, to feel comfort. But like, but let's also, let's take some steps to rectifying this. So I, um, I've been looking into signing up for a volleyball team. Uh, I did that when I lived in Seattle and was also feeling a little quarter life crisis-y many years ago, 10, 12 years ago now. And I joined a volleyball team by myself and those, other teammates did the same thing. They joined by themselves and we became friends and it was a really great experience. So I'm going to do that. Uh, I have been in talks with a support group here for family members of um, those with dementia, the the specific type my mom has. And so I'm about to start going to those support groups. I think that will be another way I can kind of like connect with more people here. And, um, and then foosball, there's a local foosball scene here in oh um, great in Minneapolis and I'm usually gone I think when they play but I just I think it's hard as adults to step outside your comfort zone and make new friends it's like mm-hmm. especially because I, I have such a great group of friends in my life it's just that none of them live here yeah and so I think I've had some resistance I've been a little stubborn of like it's fine like it'll be enough to just like FaceTime with my friends mm-hmm from like, you know, who don't live here and I'll be fine. I'll be fine. 
And it's just like, you know what? It's not enough for me. And yeah, I, uh, I think you have to know yourself. I think for some people they would be okay. Just like having their partner and not knowing anybody else where they live. But I'm just somebody who I've been so close to my family and friends my whole life. Like I have to, I have to, you know, have some other people to connect with too. Yeah. Oh, that makes so much sense. I, um, I definitely resonate with what you said of like what helps me is like if I feel like I'm in a an unfamiliar or like you are literally in, in an unfamiliar place now, but you're bringing yeah. like familiarity into it. Like, okay, you know that you love foosball. How do you find a foosball thing? You know that you've done volleyball's help before. Mm-hmm. How do I kind of replicate that where I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, I've been here before. I've been I've been um, grappling with many different paths and choices. What did I do back then? Okay, yeah, I tried shit. I allowed myself to try things. There was one point in my 20s where I was considering, do I want to be like a writer, a producer, an actor, a comedian? You know, like I I allowed myself to try things and I allowed myself to talk to people who are doing those things. So I need to allow myself to do that again. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, being older, I have felt like I shouldn't be allowed to do that again. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, that's so stupid, right? So I'm I'm doing that. You know, I'm kind of at this place where I'm like, "I, I... would really like to start a vegan business. I kind of want to work for a nonprofit. I, I want to write something. I'm like, how do I make sense of all of this? And, and all, you know, yeah. so I'm just doing little experiments. Um, like today I'm going to do some research for this vegan, um, food business that I'd like to, to start. Um, and I, uh, I'm teaching, an art class on Thursday. Ooh. One of those like, you know, those like those paint and wine night uh-huh. type things. It's like one of, it's like something like that. But I was asked to be like a guest instructor. Very excited about that. Oh, and I'm like, yeah, so cool. I'm just, I'm just open to trying things. I'm going to be a speaker uh, coming up at um, an event. So I'm like, okay, I'm allowing myself to experiment again the way that I used to. Yeah. And I'm just going to go from there. I know that logically I'm not going to want to do everything at the highest capacity so that's good um so i like to just remind myself of what helped in the past and try to incorporate that and um doing things that like i enjoy every day but also planning things for the future so there's something to look forward to in times that you kind of feel like shit or feel confused um and a really big one and i've really learned my lesson lately is just recognizing that things might look differently to what you thought when you asked for bringing something into your life. Like what I mean by that is Mm -hmm. like, I was missing comedy and I'm like, I need, I want to do some comedy writing again, but what capacity? And then my cousin asked me to officiate his wedding and the whole ceremony is like a roast of the couple. And I'm like, wait, I am writing comedy. It's just not what I thought the mainstream writing of comedy would look like right now you know yeah um i do want to make money with my art and then i got asked to be this guest instructor i'm like oh i was thinking maybe selling some pieces at a pop-up gallery or something but this works too right yes. so it's like when you ask for something for me it's like been the ability to recognize that i it's here yeah. but it's just looking a little bit different and then being really grateful for that stuff yeah because if i'm really honest with myself i got what i wanted yeah when i started asking for things yeah and and trying to visualize what what cool opportunities could happen and then they showed up they just showed up in a different 
vehicle, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? So. Yeah. That's well put. Well, <sighs> anything else? Anything else? <laughs> quarter life. Oh, I think that's it for now, but I'm sure we'll have, I'm sure we'll both have updates on this sort of a situation in our lives. Yeah. In future Yeah, episodes, absolutely. So. Um, but yeah, I'm happy we talked about that. That was, that was nice. Me too. Good for me. Um, so we have an iTunes review of the episode. It's just a little baby yes. one, but it's still so helpful and, and helps the show. This is from Addicted to Me iPod. <laughs> Sounds like a pirate. Addicted to Me, me iPod. iPod. Um, and they say, love, two exclamation points with a heart emoji. Thank you so much. This is what we mean. Like, Thank you. If you have, yeah, so simple. If you're just sitting on the toilet right now listening to us. Uh, just yeah. open your iTunes app and, and give us a quick little shout out like that. It, it just helps the show so much. So we um, really appreciate it. And it'll, it'll get read on the show, potentially, like most likely. Yeah. Oh, also, we, uh, we plugged our own quotables and quotes that we liked at the top of the show. But if you want to submit quotes uh, that we'll get on the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash selfhelpless and submit quotes that way that get read on the show. And we give you a little shout out as well Yeah, for your, for your awesome quote. Over 60 bonus episodes on there. It's just a great place. Like if you're enjoying the podcast and you want some more than, uh, than the weekly episode tons to do in there yes absolutely what uh what kind of segment you got Kels well I mentioned it briefly that um two of my best friends came to visit me and uh yes. so yeah that was that was my good shit god that made me so happy to have them here I uh just I loved getting to show them the new house we we went and did top golf we uh we went nice. to a Minnesota Twins game we Fun. we just did all the things it was it was such a blast, and um, and then you and me and Taylor have been coordinating a time for you yes. guys to come visit me, and yeah, just just getting to have things to look forward to when friends come visit has also that's been an action step that I've been really trying to be more proactive about is like getting stuff scheduled. Yeah, fabulous. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. How about um, you? My good shit was uh, we did Fish Miss this past weekend. Oh, I yeah. think I've mentioned it mm-hmm. on the podcast before. Super fun. It's our annual like summer or Christmas and summer family holiday that we made up uh, during like, you know, the pandemic. And uh, we do a like a, a Secret Santa gift exchange yeah. where we have a new we have a new rule every year for the gift exchange. This year it was you have to get stuff um, that starts with the same initial as the person's name. So oh, all my fun. stuff, the stuff that I was gifted had to be started with, you know, D, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and last year it was get something that the person would not like, like an opposite of their personality. Just really silly stuff like that. Yeah. And then we all have to dress as somebody in the family. So we dressed as my sister, Audrey, this year. Um, Cam won the contest because he really crushed it. He was wearing a crop top and like, baggy pants and boots and like a headband and everything. Uh, and oh, we always, yeah, we have to do... Uh, before exchanging gifts we do like an impression of the person then we say something nice about them we just make random things up and we're just building all these weird little tiny traditions based on this holiday and i got a song made for fishmas this year um so that was really fun surprising my family with like yeah a fishmas uh a custom piece of music and it was just really fun great food uh, we play games. We, yeah, it's just, oh, it's so great. Like, I love it. It's my favorite holiday of the year. <laughs> it really is. And so uh, we're thinking about making it a biannual holiday and do it twice a year. So oh, that's, that's so cool. That's, that's what I was up to. Merry Fishmas, everybody. Merry Fishmas. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah <laughs> no problem oh all right okay guys well happy halloween tomorrow and yeah. uh, see you in grand rapids this weekend and then so many tour dates after that kelseycook.com for tickets beautiful and delaneyfisher.com for career crush the podcast yay all right guys all right. we love you we'll talk to you soon bye. love you bye Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you.